we started doing music together and then you started doing video before i did how, how was yeah. it that you i don't remember how you started doing the video though like it was out of nowhere like you had got a canon something and then you did pictures and then you started doing video how the heck did that happen well it was actually the need man i think necessity is always like the the mother of of innovation you know or reinventing yourself so mm -hmm. basically we were doing the music thing and because we were doing the music thing you know how covers are so important how photography so is, is so important and how videos are so important so um i remember i was going to uh pay for a cover art to be made mm -hmm. and when the guy told me that the cover art was going to cost me like 300 400 you know i was like man a t2i only costs 500 <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and i'm gonna have free you know what i'm saying <laughs> and gimp is free <laughs> so so it's like yo i might as well just go ahead and learn this thing you right know? like because i'm but not you gonna got be good fast man like how was it you know, so you were on the YouTube, you were on, like, you were doing a lot of things I'm doing today. You were doing this, like, I want to say, feel like 10 years ago. It's been, like, a long time yeah. now thinking about it for real. Yeah. And you you yeah. were, like, self-motivated. Like, who were you uh, looking up in the beginning? Because now there's, like, there's names that everybody knows, like Peter McKinnon and Parker Walbeck. Um, There's a couple guys doing it, right? Like, back then, who were you looking at? Man, I remember looking at some Indian dudes. Yeah. Like, like Photoshop, you know. Um, I can't really remember the names. But I would just go on YouTube. I would read a lot as well. Um, I used to hate to read, man. Like, mm. I, I, I couldn't read at all. Like, I just, to me, it was boring, you know. But once I found so much information through reading, I just got hooked on it, you know. Right. Because um, it was just showing me different ways of doing things. I started to learn the business. I started to learn, um, you know, lighting, photography, a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um and then just looking up by articles online as well, because there's a whole yeah. bunch of videos. But when it comes to like the business side of it, it it's more reading, you know, it's yeah. more it's more getting into the nitty gritty, um, you know, books at, and, and like Amazon when it came to music, everything you should know about the music business, uh, about that book, you know. Um, and one thing just led to another man, you know, but I, I feel like the it was the need, man, not having the resources. Mm -hmm. um, led me to actually ha not having the resources and wanting to offer a product that I could be proud of. Yeah. You know, um, and at first I, I would get excited, you know, with some of the stuff I did. And I look back now and I'm like, yo, that was terrible. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I think, I think that's part of the growth. That's part of what you do. You get excited once you get to, to do something or replicate something. Yeah. And uh, even though you didn't do it that great, but mm. you need to understand that we're not working with the same tools that this these big name people are working. It, even now, I mean, 10 years ago, there was no way you could find a cinema camera at the right. prices that you could find them now. You right. know, with with the dynamic range, with everything else that you could you could just find today in today's day. Um, so back then, I think there was a huge gap when it came to the tools. Even right. even a even a nice working computer, bro. I used to wait like a full blown 24, 48 hours to render oh, a, wow. a, a logo because I had an HP. I had an HP, you Man. know. So in order to render like a logo and animation or something, I used to wait like 24, 48 hours, bro. Just the computer, you know, with with, with all the with everything turned on, all the fans. You know, sometimes there was a mistake, a glitch. Sometimes it was just shut down. Oh, like, no. But now, you know, you get affordable computers that mm -hmm. are more powerful, that could do more. And I think, um, yeah, man, it was the need, bro. It was all the need. And software got way more optimized, too. It's funny, like, especially because you're on the Windows now. But remember, I mean, the thing I, I always applaud Mac about with Final Cut is that thing could run on, they joke around and say a potato. It, it runs on just the weakest machines ever. They optimize it like crazy. Um, yeah. This Premiere and stuff and DaVinci, that need a little bit more horsepower. But still, it, it's still they optimize it better with the machines and stuff. And it's funny because it's almost like rap is the path to end up doing videography at some point because everybody starts doing music. And it's that. I, I get the same... The, that fulfillment and that pride that 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 joy of creating a video that i do the same way i feel when i create a song 
Like I like being able to create something that started in my heart and in my head and see it or hear it. And and I enjoy it like crazy. So you started doing you started doing the videos for yourself. And then when did you start doing videos for other people? Like, how did that happen? Well, I think uh, once people saw what I was doing, you know, and also at the price point that I was doing it, you know, because mm-hmm. we had no budget. You know, it was just whatever we could get. You know, who could lend us a house, who could lend us a car, who could lend us mm-hmm. this or that location wise, you know. And I think that once people saw uh, what we can do or, or you know, how I grew in, in, in photography and videography, uh, people started to get interested in, in knowing, you know, hey, I, you know, do you do videos for other people? Do you do this? Do you do that? And I was at a point where I didn't even feel comfortable charging people. Why? Be- because I felt like I wasn't at the at the. I like I've always I'm the type of person, man, that I feel like there's a standard with everything, you know, it's like a like a standard with everything. So I always felt like, man, I can't charge yet because I don't feel like I'm I'm in the standard, even though the people that were hiring me weren't in the standard either. But it was sometimes I think I think it was just a self pride, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm, 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 and it's not a bad thing. I'm really prideful when it comes to my my work and what I do. I want to give it a hundred percent. I go extra and beyond. Um, you know, and that was a, a huge mistake I made back then. That I used to work on projects, um, for people, and I would sacrifice time. You know, away from my family, sacrifice time away from my own projects, sacrifice time away from so many other things just to give it 110% mm-hmm. for things that sometimes people didn't even appreciate at the end of the day. And the crazy thing is, Tony, when they used to have the money to pay somebody, they didn't come back to me. Mm. That was that was the that was the crazy thing about it. You know, you're not the only person that's told me that too. Um, I spoke to Josh recently and, and you know, I got a relationship with him from the music side of things. And he would tell me that too. It's like, it's weird when you, um, when you sow your time into a person, for some reason, yeah, when they have the budget, I, I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that, but I know what you're talking about. I've seen it, you've seen it, and other people have mentioned the same thing. I, I, I don't get it. I don't know where that comes from. It's almost like in the creative side. I was talking to my business partner Matt today about this part. On the creative side of things, people um, don't have a, a concept of real value. Since I'm not selling you, uh, since I'm not doing plumbing in your house, since I'm not making a roof or, or, or I'm not working on your car. They feel like, oh, this is just you shooting the camera. That's that should be free, right? That's nothing. What what are we? What's the point of paying you? We've had people say, oh, send. You know, if we had a video shoot, we'll have other people at the shoot say, send me the footage when you're done. It's like, bro, it's not your footage. Like, I, it's it's for this client, and I can't send it to you. There's value in the footage that I shot. Um, so it's weird. I, I don't I don't know why that is. That there's like no real concept for the value of the arts. Um, I always say people think since it's fun that you also have fun just giving it away. And it's like I'm at a stage now where nah, it's become a business. And just because I enjoy my business now, I shouldn't be penalized for that. Like it doesn't make sense to me. So when I think you know, I think it's part of uh, part of a culture as well. And I think how we how we sell ourselves. Because at the okay, end of the yeah. day, at the end of the day, you know, uh, uh, if it's consumed, then there's a product. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes when we don't give it the value that it deserves, then people won't do the same. If we don't do it for, for ourselves, then they won't do the same. I read this article, man, the other day about, um, I believe it was JC Penny, um, and how they lost a whole bunch of stores. And the reason why be, be, the reason why they lost a whole bunch of stores was because they were changing their marketing, um, and they were trying to tell, be transparent with the clients. This is the crazy thing. Mm. And I think, th- and, and I think this is where, where where that blew my mind. So they wanted to be transparent with the clients and tell the clients that everything that was on retail has a has a a, a price which is made, and we all know this. You know, they they're made mm. by this amount of money. Then they go to the stores, and then they add a a, a price the markup. That, the markup, okay. So they were talking about how they wanted to be transparent with 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 the consumers with the people that go to jc penny so they they told basically people hey all these markups that you see that's not even the real price this is a mm-hmm. lie the whole retail thing is a lie when it comes to like 70% off 50% off 30% yeah. off it's all a lie like they're still going to get their margin of 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 money back that they mm-hmm. want, even with those 70, 60% off, because they mark up the prices so high that they always win. 
Right. So they took they took that off and they and they placed all the prices of their stores at a at a decent at a decent amount. But because people did not see the red tags, because people did not see the percentage off, because mm. people did not see any of that, they thought there was no bargain in that store. Mm. They thought JC Penny didn't have no more bargains. Right. So so their their sales went down so much that they had to start closing stores. Mm. Or so because they, they want to be transparent with people. It's it's managing the perception, right? And it, and it speaks a lot to like how consumers we're so um we're fickle, like we we, we chase different trends and, and and yeah, like the marketing of it. it's like yeah, because you told me it's fifty percent off, but even if it's the same price as it will be at Target, I'm gonna go to where you said it's fifty percent off because it's, it's it's cheaper. You know, it's yeah. funny. Um, my wife, I'm gonna throw her under the bus a little bit. It, it is the type of person that might see something like yo, th- th- this is on sale. We gotta get it because it's on sale. It's like, yo, you don't know what that normally would cost anyway. You just because it's on sale, though, I have to buy it and I have to buy it right now because they're going to run out. When I come back, it's not going to be on sale no more. Um, so it's, it's genius marketing. How did you? Um, it, I, I think everybody makes this mistake. I don't want to assume for you, but I kind of do assume when you started, you priced yourself very, very low, right? Yeah. It compared yeah, to today, right? So, the, the, you know, we started. And I laugh because when we started, we were doing entire videos for as much as we could, 110%, give it everything, uh, four-hour shoot, 20 hours of editing. We were like 150 bucks, And we still felt like, you, you think they're going to do? And then when we bumped it up to 300, we were like, you think? And then it was like 500. We was like, still we think? Eh. And I found um, as your business grows and you, and you start to, especially as a married person with kids, you start to really... Um, get a better understanding of your time and how how precious that is and once you get past the i love doing this and the honeymoon phase of how fun it is and it turns into a business you start to realize at least i started to realize that your price is going to reflect the type of client you're going after so exactly it's not that i don't want to work with people with smaller budgets and it's not that i'm trying to charge somebody a higher budget just because i want to work with other people that are they get rich or something like that but there's a certain expectation when you start charging, you know, for five thousand dollars for a project versus if you're just doing it for three hundred. A lot of times, unfortunately, people at that budget level treat it like a throwaway. They treat it like it only costs me three hundred. So it's not that important. So I'm going to show up late to the shoot. I'm not going to provide the things that they need to do their work. Um, I find that that stuff, it just it, it makes it really unprofessional. Is that what you ended up finding, too? Yeah, I mean, I I, I learned also that people um like projection like we talked about projection you know and i think that if we don't get the higher budget or if because i'm okay with working something for free Mm -hmm. you know if somebody is providing everything i need in order to to target certain clientele or to target certain people with certain budget like i've done i've done uh, specs spec commercials you know for 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 coffee shops or or X, Y, and Z, just because they were going to provide everything. It did cost them money because they had to get me actors. They had to get me, you know, um, the space. They had to get, give me everything I needed in order to make it. But mm-hmm. I'm okay with 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 having that product and showcasing because I'm reaching the clientele that I want to. The problem is with people that have a smaller budget is that, like I said, they only see the small budget stuff you do. And if you don't have anything big budget to show for, they feel like you don't know how to do that. Mm. You know, so they go with somebody when they do get the budget, you know, let's say you're like, oh, this is the $150 video guy. But if I want a $1,000 video guy, I got to go with him because yeah. that's, the guy, that, that's the guy that's showing the, the, the nice locations, the studios, the nice lighting. But you will never get to that point if you're not charging what you're supposed to. You know, and you need to also have the the material to showcase those things. So it's okay to sacrifice, but you need to actually know where you're going to sacrifice. This is somebody that's going to provide everything for you. This is somebody that's going to rent the studio, that's going to get you the models, that's going to get you the cars, that's going to get you the, the type of environment and atmosphere that you can exploit and put out a product that could reach another type of client. If that's, if that's, that's, that's the a case, great point. Yeah, if that's the case, I'll do it for free because I know the doors and the and the avenues that that's going to open for me. But if I only work with small, smaller budget people, um, then all I can showcase is small small budget work. And when that's, you have 
That's major because what, you, what you're saying is it, not, not to repeat exactly what you just said, but I see it from the other side too, is when you go in as the $150 video guy and it's time to do the $1,000 one, even if as the $150 video guy, I know that my video is the same or better than that $1,000 guy, a lot of consumers just assume theirs is better because they're charging more. Forget that people's eyes exactly. lie to them all the time. We know it as, as camera nerds with how many videos they do on, tell me if this was on an iPhone or this was on a red. People go after the names, they go after the price tag, and you know what? Gucci's better because it costs $3,000 for that shirt versus the Walmart $5 shirt. Forget the fabric, forget you know your day-to-day -day using it. They just see a higher price tag. So on the other side of things, it's true. What, what, are, you, what are you offering people um, to kind of justify your price? Because this is something that I'm still learning. And I'm still, I got a better, uh, you know, idea how we go to the market and what we tell people, okay, you need video for X, Y, Z, but what are you telling people they need video for? Because are you, you're not doing just music videos. You're doing some marketing stuff too. Like, so when you sit down with a person, you say you need a video for what, like, what are the things you, you're telling them? Well, you know, when it comes to the, the way I pitch my, my, uh, my work, I try to tell people that it, it one video is not going to do it for you, you know. And I and I what I basically try to do is I I need to get a feel of what you want and what you want it for, you know. And with my experience, I could tell you, hey, um, what you want and what you want it for. And sometimes I shoot myself in the foot because I could get that one job, you know. Mm -hmm. But I I I have to be honest with my clients and be like, that one job is not going to get you there. I think it's better if you take this budget, break it down and do smaller smaller videos for reels or just depending on the need that they may have so um i think that what i try to sell my clients is more transparency and and the experience that i have when it comes to marketing because that's a beautiful thing about doing music when you do music you have to learn how to manage yourself in social media you need to learn how to push your videos you need to learn how to make reels you need to learn how to do all these things and all of that applies to how things are marketed and and promoted nowadays you know right through the through the internet so i always try to see the goal that the client has we're in virginia and the reality is that major companies they outsource when it comes to video so most of the clients that we will get or that i get are smaller businesses or people that are starting off I do get some some clients that have been in it for years, but they have an old way of working things, mm. you know. So at the end of the day, I just try to educate them and tell them, hey, this is how things are done now. This is what we need. And what I do is I try to get contracts in the long term. Yeah. You know, I try to get contracts more for long term. OK, this is the need you have. Um, why don't we just do something for three months, six months, you know, instead of just working on one video, um, because I'm trying to give them a result. Right. And and, and, the, and the beautiful thing is that once they see the result, they're going to they're going to know it's worth it. You know, or they're like, yo, this is worth it. You know, and I <clears throat> that, that's why I, I started realizing because in the very beginning, when we were doing videos as cheap as possible, we thought we were going to tell people, OK, we're going to show up with a 4K camera. How impressive is a 4K camera? And we're going to do it as fast as we can. And I promise you, the video is going to look gorgeous like that. That was the way we were trying to come to the market. Yeah. And then we realized Kind of in the last couple years, doing this more professionally, um, we realized that's not enough, and people don't care. People don't know what they're looking at in terms of they don't they can't tell you if it's 4K or 1080. Most people can't. They they have no clue. They don't care. Um, some of them get impressed when you start bringing lights and stuff like that, and like, oh man, I'm getting the big budget experience. They don't know how much those lights cost or what they're really doing. Um, but what I started realizing is, like you mentioned, having a better plan, and we stopped focusing so much on the quality of the video and telling people how great the video is going to look and start having a conversation about what well, is what the video could potentially do for you but yeah. even more recently we started having a conversation that you mentioned that you kind of been um up on for a while longer than us in terms of knowing start explaining the fact that it's not one video one and done because we started seeing that learning um bumping our heads as far as people getting a video and then in their brains saying well video doesn't work because i didn't get a million views off of that one video they exactly. told me they told me the quality was so amazing they told me they were going to make me the best <clears throat> video ever and after after paying all of that i got 20 likes and that's it so we started explaining to people first of all identifying are you going to market on social media is that really your your channel your main source of, of marketing is going to be social media if it is you need to be active and i started mm -hmm. having the conversation about 
talking ourselves out of business to gain new business, telling people you need to be doing stuff on your phone. Do not call us for every single video project. You need to exactly. be walking around doing reels, doing selfie videos, doing quick vlog posts, and then call us for the uh, what we call like the uh, uh, like the flagship content, like like your, your your cornerstone content. Like if you need something to live on your website, or you need something to stay on 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 your Facebook pinned or something like that, or you got a real big event and you need that bigger production value, that that's where we come in. But to go do a quick update on hey here I am and we got a sale on such and such, you need to be doing that yourself. And I found that a lot of times there's like a sense of pride there where it is what it is. I, I feel like people sometimes might feel like they're too cool to get their phone and do it like that. Like, nah, I want the I want the cameras out here. I want all that stuff. It's like recognize the stage of business you're in and, and work within your means and, and start bringing people in little by little because we've upgraded <clears throat> cameras and nobody nobody cares. Nobody cares. We honestly upgraded cameras for our own workflow. That was the only reason we did it. It was like we, we want a certain amount of quality. We want to be able to do certain things in post that we can't do on the on the particular cameras we had at the time. So let's let's move up. But it was never motivated by yo. Let's go get the six K camera because now we're gonna get bigger clients. At least yeah. in our experience, that's not how it's been. It, we haven't found clients that really care about what camera we're using or, or even ask what camera that is. I was talking to a to a client the other day, um, and and I think this is one of the the biggest thing also that that you may you may find yourself into when it comes to talking to clients and it's, it's what you said. They don't know, they don't know Jack about like cinematography, how it works. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they show you something and they're like, yo, I want this. I want something like this, you know, and they don't know all the work that is put into it. They don't know the lighting setup, the lighting schemes, you know, um, they want, they, sometimes they even want you to go to a spot where if you bring, you know, all this equipment, um, you're probably gonna need a permit, you know. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But, yep. but they're like, oh, can we can we just take the camera and shoot it like this or shoot it like that? The 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 thing with that is is I've also found, man, that with some clients, you you can't spend the time to try to educate them, you know, because <laughs> you're just gonna like waste your time. And the other thing is, you have also businesses that are going to grow. And I also found myself partnering up with people or partnering up with businesses that I know have the potential to grow and all they need is the content. Right. So I, I did that and that opened up jobs for bigger and better things, you know, and also eventually the company grew or for example, uh, Mariel, my art, you know, the, the artist that I manage, mm -hmm. I started, I started working with him with, with no budget, with, with nothing. Um, and now I get a, a percentage of, of, of his music and everything, everything shows all that stuff on something that I invested back in the day, you know, that now is giving fruits. So it, you know, you also have to find uh, businesses that, you know, they're going to grow because one of the things that I found as well with big businesses is that they already have been working with companies for years. Mm -hmm. And unless that and unless that company is unavailable, they're not going to hire you. Right. Like e even when they post, you know, because sometimes they have to uh, politically, you know, they have to like put out the job yeah. on certain sites or, or whatever. But they already have the person they want to do that. They're just right. they're just they're just, you know, <clears throat> going off with trying to be good with the law and being good with with with, with you know, that, that type of thing. But that's what I found. And then they make it hard for you to actually get those type of jobs because they ask for, okay, you need to have five years of, of commercial experience. Mm -hmm. You need to have uh, this amount of clients um, to that, that we need to see their content. We need to see the stuff you've done for them. Right. Um, and, it's, and it's high profile people like they are. So it's like there's no way you're going to have any of that if you don't get the opportunity of 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 doing it. So one of the one of the workaround I found with those things is actually partnering up also with people that have done it. Cuz okay. you have DP you have DPs, you have directors or you have other people that have been working in commercial stuff for years and you go always outsource. Cuz all they're asking for is somebody in your team that has the experience. They never said it had to be you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See what I'm saying? That's true. So uh, I've I've gotten some some big jobs, bringing people in that have the 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 actual 
prerequisites, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. putting them on paper, getting the budget, paying them, and getting my cut. Right. You know, so that, they, it, yeah. That make, no, that makes perfect sense. It's we, we had experience with that with government contracting side of things, and we were we ended up being like the sub-subcontractor, but we got experience to that world where it's like, yeah, there, there's actual businesses built on chasing a contract and then figuring out how they're going to fulfill that contract later it's like just go win the contract and then we'll go find guys that can do it it doesn't matter um so so i i get that 100 percent. and i always come from the spot when when i'm telling people like when they, when i tell them to be mindful of their budgets and be mindful of doing stuff on their own it's because i always see it through my own lens of i, I don't consider myself the smartest person in the room or the most talented and i figured something out right like i, I figured something that's been working for me so I'm always trying to motivate other people. Say, like, yo, do it yourself. Like, don't don't complain into anyone else's situation and, and want them to help out of pity or out of whatever, doing it for the exposure. Do it yourself because I did it. And I got a lot of people around me that did it also. And I'm not a, I, I'm not that person. It, it, it doesn't even feel right for me to do something that I know somebody can do themselves. It's like, why, why am I going to charge you for that? Like that, that right there, you grab your phone, you do it and you'll be fine. So I, I don't have those, you know, um, Though, though that that particular issue with, with telling people and motivating them like i said i taught myself how to work all the time and it's no problem and in the long run it's like you said you, you start working with people and do that sweat equity and it rolls into bigger contracts and bigger organizations and bigger causes and that's something recently we joined um the hampton roads chamber of commerce and then we joined the local um the, the black chamber of commerce called black brand and just nice. to network and, and reach out to people and, and, and tell them we're here whenever you need us and be more visible because that's the, yeah. that's something that I learned in like the last year or two. It's like, well, I think the days of cold calling and telling people, hey, my name is so-and-so and I'm with so-and-so and here's what I can do for you. I think that's pretty much over. Like, it, especially since now on the internet, your portfolio, you can just show it and you live your portfolio and you're showing your work and you're constantly, you know, you're showing the evolution and the progress of your business. So people that are looking for video, if you got your website correct and if you're doing your social media correctly, they'll find you. You just got to make sure when they do go to your pages, the best type of content is being shown there so that you can yeah. go into those bigger clients. So that's really how we've been handling it. I can't think of like, you know, the, the, the next things for us, like I said, I want to do more community involvement. I'm looking for, I'm not against doing free work as long as the project makes sense and it doesn't hurt any of the other projects and the partners we're working with. Um, yeah. but again, as a father, as a business owner, you know, working the hours that we work, it's not that I'm looking for as many free jobs as I'm looking for. And this year I made it very intentional to go back to my talent and my gift as far as music, because I, I woke up in the last few months, I forgot what it was. It might've been a Facebook memory or something. And it was like 12 years ago, you put out your album. And I was like, I've been sitting on this for 12 years. Like this isn't yeah. a year. This isn't last month. This is like 12 years. I didn't do anything as far as publicly because I still got, yeah. you know, it's funny. I never stopped writing. I always write. Um, so I feel like the, the, the skill has grown. I just didn't have the the interest in, in putting on music. And you, I don't, I don't remember you taking much of a break. I mean, maybe you put out albums, but you, you keep doing music. Yeah. I keep putting out singles. Uh, the only break I took was, I did go like a year, like a year without putting out any music um, constantly. You know, yeah, I did yeah. put out stuff here and there. And then last year, I went like six months where I hit this this point where I'm like, I was like, man, I don't know if this is worth it anymore. Why? You know, <laughs> I felt like um, I felt like I was just overwhelmed, you know, with uh, with work, with the family with managing an artist, with um, dealing with, with people when it comes to like shows and, and dealing with people when it comes to like um, just all the nonsense that comes with 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 invitations, with, you know, uh, just the market that we're in, you know, mm. um, how people may not have the, the, the same view as you do or how people may think that you shouldn't charge for a show or, you know, a whole bunch of stuff, you know, it was just overwhelming. I'm like, I don't even know if I want to do this and, 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 uh, and continue to do music myself. Um, and I remember I was at, at the show 
And at the show, they wanted Madiel to be a speaker. The next day, they had like this convention going on with the youth and stuff. And they mm -hmm. wanted Madiel to speak the next day. And they had hit me up a week before to tell me, yo, we want Madiel to speak after the show. The next day, you guys don't leave until uh, it was Sunday night. We went, we got there Friday. Friday was the show. And then Saturday, we were supposed to have a free day do media tour and stuff like that but they they decided they wanted us to be a, a, a they wanted Maria to be a guest speaker and my passion is actually developing people my passion is I like to to develop people man that's like my passion okay yeah uh, <clears throat> so Maria was like bro I, I'm not trying to speak to nobody like I'm not trying to like be a speaker or anything like that he's like no I don't want to do it tell them tell them if they want that you'll do it mm. all right so I went ahead and and when the people called back, oh, what what did Mariel say say about the you know being a speaker that, and I'm like, yo, uh, he he said he doesn't feel prepared, he's not ready to do it, um, but he did tell me that I am available. You know, I've worked with youth before. I've I've been a speaker before. Right. Uh, I even have some material that I could dig up and bring to your to your youth. Mm -hmm. You know. And I'm here. I am. I'm Madia's manager. You know, I I do I do vultures with him. I'm basically the the person mentoring him as well when it comes to like you know just everything we do. Okay. So um, even with the business side and everything, like I've have, I've handled everything. You know, mm. they didn't want it, bro. Mm. Even though hey. I was, even though I was more more, uh, what is it, capacitated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, even though I had the Niyama capacity I had, you know, I, I could I could basically do it. You're better prepared for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, better prepared for it. They didn't want me because all they wanted was the, the name. All they wanted was the, the, the you know, the let's put it this way, the star. You know, like right, the, right. You know, so they weren't really looking for, and that, that was something that really hurt me because I'm like, yo, are these people just looking for names and popularity or are they looking to actually feed their people? actually feed them you know so yeah and this is this is the topic that i never even thought about touching here but it's it's interesting that you you touch on that topic and i'm gonna ask the question i feel like there's there's been a um a conflict in terms of so we're talking about in church where there's a separation between can a christian person be an entertainer i feel i feel like this kind of a uh there's been historically a conflict amongst christians in, in in church who have a tough time differentiating accepting defining what it is to be a, a a christian artist if you should be a minister and you touched on the subject of they want you to do it for free so i could speak for me and a little bit for you but i'll speak for me growing up there was a concept of when you're doing something for god which as a christian the driving force of all we do should be first to honor god that, that should be at the forefront I need to honor God. I need to I need to remember my testimony. I need to move with integrity. I talk about that all the time. There's a lot of things. It's like in business that I tell people, you, you have no idea who you're working with. I would never take a dime from you. We keep timesheets of everything we do. If I say it took an hour, it took an hour. And I, I stake my life on that. Like I'm dead serious with being honest and being a person of integrity. Um, yeah. So everything we do, even if I'm not putting Jesus right in your face, I'm hoping that the way I move reflects that. You know, I'm hoping that people understand he must be Christian because of the way he acts. Right. Yeah. Um, so internally inside in, inside, um, you know, our, our groups and our church family. I get it. There is a lot of times the expectation of that you are maybe charging God, which would be the way that a lot of people would see things. Right. Like, why are you going to charge God for the gift he gave you? Um, I'll say I find that weird when that same logic isn't applied to every single other ministry in the church so certain ministries can charge god quote unquote but others can't um i wish that was figured out you know and i don't dive too much into it because <laughs> the reality is this is going to vary from church to church it's not a necessarily a global problem you know it, yeah. people handle it different ways right um but what i was going to say is i think the more complicated thing is this technology has made the 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 ability for regular people quote unquote to be able to achieve higher level of, of production value the music sounds way better than it ever sounded and i feel like back in the day 
holiness was kind of equated with something that sounded low budget it sounded like you know whatever and as soon as you started sounding like the secular artist as soon as you started making that big sound and the highly produced music it's almost like now you're trying to be like everybody else you're losing who you were and i've taken it from the point of excellence right it's god at the forefront excellence yeah. i want this to sound better than everybody else's um so the part i want to ask you is because i myself struggle with this when i look at other people and i don't voice it too too often or whatever is there is there an ability for a christian to be a celebrity and still be christian is is that possible i think that once the once i think is is as a very good question and i think the answer is you could always be a celebrity in the in the definition of being one Mm -hmm. But when you believe you're it, I think that's a problem. That makes sense. You see what I'm saying? Because Jesus Jesus was a celebrity because of who he was, what he did, how many people he reached, how the word spread about him. You know, he he became a celebrity, but he himself did not see himself as one. And I think that's the biggest problem. I get it. Yeah, it 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 starts in the heart. It, It does. Um. And it's and it's hard, man. It, it, the society we're living in is so visual. Everything is look at me, look at me, um, and it's hard to navigate. It's hard because ideally you think, okay, just you know, if I'm doing music for God, um, I wanted to reach the most people because that's what I want to do. When people preach, they they preach and they wanted to reach the most people. Why not the music as well? Um, yeah, I I guess it's a. I don't know if it is or it isn't a slippery slope when you start getting a certain level of attention and and the problem where people start being <clears throat> your fans and asking for you know um your autograph and stuff like that and and, that, and i think that's the problem that. i think the problem is the how how we have failed to educate and disciple okay i think that's the, big, the biggest problem because if if we if the if the church was really educated and discipled like they were like they're they're supposed to and that would be like the main goal of the church to actually develop and prepare you know the people that go to it instead of being consumers that right there is the issue the the issue is that people are trained to be consumers mm-hmm. and it's not a matter of you're being discipled you are being discipled there's there's no I'm not being discipled. You're either being discipled by the world, you're either being discipled by the environment that's that's around you. You're being discipled regardless. Right. Um, so mo- most of the time, the the general consensus of society nowadays is that we're consumers, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of people go to church to consume. How many people are actually involved in church? Like really involved, you right. know. And and if you're not really really involved in church, then you're just consuming. It. So it's the same thing with music. You know, when you have that consumer mentality, then that's what you're going to become. You're going to become a consumer. You're going to become, you're going to see your artist as a brand that you consume. Oh, I like his style. I like how he's saying. I like his flow. I like his swag. I like this. I like that. When you see him, you also want a picture with him, Mm -hmm. you know, which I think, I, you know, so I think the, the biggest issue is that. I remember in this movie, I forgot what it was, but it was one of those uh, old school movies um, about this Roman em- emperor, something like that. And he said that when he used to go outside, people would praise him, hmm. you know, throw flowers and praise him and stuff. And he had a servant and he had his servant tell him on, on the ear, you're only a man. You're only a man. Because that sounds real familiar. Yeah. 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 Because, yo, it's it. Uh, we as as human beings, we get all this attention we get all this praise, we get all this stuff, and we might even forget who we are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I tell people um, specifically in, in, in music, in, in any ministry that has to do with music, I tell them, remember historically, the Bible split up into two different ways, right? There's an Old Testament that's for historical value. There's a New Testament for the present and for things that are going to come. But understand the context of the Bible, how it's written. In the Old mm-hmm. Testament, there are stories about a being that was named Lucifer at some point. And if you look at his purpose in heaven before we were created, his purpose was in the arts, in music. He was music. His body had instruments. He led worship. He led praise. And I tell people the difference between us and him is he let it get to his head. And God said, get out of here with that. You are not God. Get out of here. There's no place for you. 
So I tell people mm -hmm. involved in music, be very careful because I, I think that you are a, a very clear target for this being that does not like the fact that you don't need him anymore to worship God. You don't need him to lead the worship like there was once a time where he would come out and direct the worship and he would lead you to the presence of God. That's gone now. And especially for a human being that we're not in heaven, we're not created, you know, perfect like they were like we, we now have access to something that he used to kind of be the gatekeeper of. So we yeah. are as as musicians, as artists, as worshipers, however you want to phrase it, we are an, a, an immediate target. And. Yeah, you see it go to a lot of people's heads and it's hard um, circling it back to just, you know, to business because not not just ministry, but even, you know, whatever gift you have. If you're a carpenter, if you're a plumber, a lot of times when we work within the body it's perceived like you're charging God. And it's like, no, I'm allowed to do business. I'm allowed to seek a living. And just because I might have been given the gift of music and that became lucrative enough to live from that day to day. I shouldn't be looked down on. I shouldn't be seen as a negative. Like if, oh, how could he be using his gift to make a living? But how else would yeah. you want me to make a living? Just because <laughs> I found a way to make a living using my passion and my gift. And I'm not making a living doing the things that I don't like. I, I, I shouldn't be looked negatively at those things. So that's something I, yeah. I, I wish was figured out and understood better. But you're right. I, I think the, the, the bigger issue is on the side of the consumer versus the side of the, the producer, the side of the creative person. The creative is one person yeah. that should not be responsible or have to answer for the actions of potentially thousands of people that are idolizing a person. That's and that's one of that's 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 the main reason why I came back to music. Like after those six months and the story I was telling you about, and once I I saw those people, or once I saw that they didn't really want me to actually um, speak, even though I was probably going to bring them something that would change their youth you know or or it, just with the experience alone that i've i've had with with life itself with you know growing up and everything my testimony all that stuff i know how impactful that could be in the hands of god you know um but even in a practical sense you know i i know how how impactful it could be so i was like you know what i went i went and told myself what am i gonna do am i gonna cry about it am i gonna say the whole system is corrupt, you know, or the whole system is has failed or, or, you know, what am I going to do? And that's when I, you know, through meditation and prayer, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to play the cards that have been dealt to me. If, the, if this is what they want in order to, 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 in order for me to have, in order for them to feel like I can have a platform to speak, then, okay. I'm like, bring it on. I'm going to go ahead and continue to do music. I'm going to continue to grow my platforms for the sole purpose of speaking out. Right. Speaking out was right. Speaking out was right. Speaking out was truth. And I think that even in the business sense, man, when it comes to video, when it comes to everything we do, we need to understand the market we're in. We need to understand um, the hand that has been dealt and how we can get to actually change or make a dent or find a solution in the problem. But we're not going to get it by isolating ourselves, which is most of the time the first the first instinct that we have. You know, isolate ourselves. This ain't working. Um, people are not really, you know, this or that. You, you get angry. But at the end of the day, what are we doing to change the culture? You know, what are we doing to change the culture? Right. I'm, I'm thinking it's almost like, We've been given the gift, not of music. We've been given the gift of being heard. And we do that with music. We do that with our video production, photography, our art, artistic work that we do. We've been given the gift to be heard and we've been given the gift for others to be heard. And I, I think it's important as Christians for us to pray for wisdom so that when we are heard, we know how to manage that. And, and we know how to help other people manage that as well. Um, because it's, it's not enough to go get a million views. First of all, I always joke and say you're not getting paid off of it anyway. There's plenty of guys <laughs> that get a million views. And, okay, so what if you get, let's say, you get a $10,000 check from YouTube. That'll cover you for yeah, a couple yeah, months, and that's it. What no, are you, you doing? Ain't getting no, you ain't getting no $10,000 for, for a million Yeah, not, and that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> exaggerating on the high side, let's pretend. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, it's yeah. still, it's still yeah. not enough. It's still. Those, yeah. those opportunities don't exist that way. And even if they did, it's not enough. 
So what a lot of times people are chasing is it's just good enough to get X amount of likes. It's good enough to get an X amount of followers. But part of that comes in maturity. See, I'm, I'm at a stage and I believe you're at the same stage where it's like that stuff is meaningless to me. That it doesn't it doesn't matter. Five million views or, or five views. I still have a mortgage to pay. I still got kids to feed. And those things don't ever change any of those stuff. It, what does yeah. change it has been the business growing. And unfortunately, the music business has changed like crazy. There's still opportunity there, but it's changed. It, you have to treat it much differently. I feel like now you have to flood the market way more than you used to. The attention span is so yeah. short. Um, that's part of the reason why I'm happy I took the long break that I did. Because now when I'm working back into it, I'm I'm working in a way where I'm going to be prepared to come with some frequency and not just, okay, one album and then four years later, I'll see you again. Because that's not effective at all. It might have been no. effective a long time ago to do one album a year. That was kind of like the pace everybody worked at. One album a year, yeah. one album every two years. Sometimes if you were big, if you were Nas or Jay-Z, you can come every yeah. other year with an album. Now it's like, I feel, and, and you tell me if you feel different, but I feel like you have to have an album every four months. You have to have something new, like it can't even be once a year. It can't be twice a year. You have to have like no, every man, quarter hey, drop something significant. We released an album, um, Madiel, which he has great numbers. And we released his album in November. Mm -hmm. All right. And we're about to release the deluxe next month. You know, and we are seeing even even we should have released the deluxe frigging this month. Because we have seen in two months, in two months, I mean, we are seeing the numbers coming down now. Yeah. And 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 the graph should be like this. The graph should be like this. That's how the graph should be. Always. Right. right. And it's like you can see now it's curving. Right. We dropped the album, whoop, and now it's like curving. And and we're like, okay, it's time to release the the deluxe but even even then you know he's working on some other singles working on another album and it's crazy how you have to continuously put out content nowadays because of and and, and that's the other thing man how much as an artist you want to invest so much in your in your project like i have i have my ep coming out it's going to be named the son of the drunkard it's going to be like my first my first project you know like um and Bro, I have like this big idea and, and I have all this stuff and I want to put in so much into it. And now I have decided to not even do all that and actually mm. break it down, break it down in different stages uh, because of how people consume things nowadays. Because I'm, I might put in the effort, might put in the money, might put in everything so it could be like how I want it to. And it's only going to last a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And now I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take this small steps. I'm still going to put out a good product, but I'm going to pace myself. Before, you used to put everything you had on, on that one album, you yeah. know? And then you would go, uh, you know, like you said, a year, and then you another big budget, another big idea, another big concept. You put it out for that other album, and you just kept releasing music videos and stuff throughout the, the year from the album that you dropped. Nowadays, it's like, Bro, even if you release music videos uh, um, from the album, the numbers are not the same as if you release a single every month. And this is across even some of the bigger guys that we know of and we see online. It's like they're living the same type of life. They're living the same reality. It's even the biggest budgets, the biggest projects that get the most attention is not lasting for a full year. It's very rare um, for, for that to be the situation for anybody going into it. So it's hard. Like me, myself. What you said about you know scaling your 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 idea for the EP back is something that I've had to deal with a whole bunch of times because I'm like yeah I could reach out to a lot of people and get something really special done but then I start thinking like what you said it's like it would suck to reach out to all these guys and do all the legwork and the sweat equity to do it and it's like 50 views or it doesn't really have an impact so I'm fine with doing that on my own which is what I'm doing now like I'm fine with just investing my own time. And if it doesn't do well, then it doesn't do well as far as statistically and, and numbers wise. I, I don't care. I love doing it and it's fun. But when I'm bringing other yeah. people in, I start to really care about that. It's like, you know, I, I want everybody else's time to pay off. I, I want them to get the attention for their hard work, too, and for it to be something they could put in their portfolio and roll in the bigger jobs. And that's why I'm like reluctant a lot of times to bring people into what I'm doing now, because 
the reality is I still don't have the budget to pay somebody what I would want that what I would want to pay somebody. You know, yeah. I, I got people that yeah. say, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. And it's like now, even now for our, our video production business, we haven't hired anybody because we've been of the mentality. It's like we're not going to pay somebody ten dollars an hour. It's not going to happen. We want to pay something, yeah. somebody something that we would feel proud for us to earn. You know, if I'm not happy making 10 an hour, I'm not going to tell somebody come do it for 10. You know, so when the budgets start getting to the point where we start paying people what we would want to get, then that's when we start bringing people in. But it's hard to be at this level. But I enjoy the process. I, I enjoy being able to create. And when I'm not, you know, pulling people in because I'm worried about wasting their time, I, I like doing stuff and not even worrying about the numbers. And I'm ready for it. I got six songs done. I'm going to do at least 10 and I'm going to put nice. it out. And if it does nothing, it does nothing. If it does something, that's cool too. But I learned time management wise that I have to stay ahead of my projects because when I was doing just enough to stay on time, on time was nowhere near enough. I always felt yeah. the stress. I, I, I couldn't get in the creative space to write my best work because I'm always worried about, well, I got to hurry up and, and get to this project because it's coming up and I got to do they coming for this. And I have to stay ahead of time. Like it, uh, are you finding that, that that same situation where you got to stay ahead to, in terms of managing the life with the kids, your wife and, and work? Like, how, how are you doing with the, the workload you have now? Yeah, man, that's 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 the thing, bro. I have to basically stay ahead, you know, um, even with even with uh, my own music. You know, one of the strategies that I use was that I did some live arrangements from some of my songs. Mm. Um, so I had them. I had them there, you know. Um, and basically what I did for the month of December, because the song that I'm releasing now was the one I was supposed to release in December and it's February. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. so, so what I did was I had, I just took one of those live arrangements from the vault, um, that I had there, um, thinking in advance, just in case, you know, just have some wiggle room if, if I need it. Cause the problem is that you, you stop the consistency and the platforms are not helping you at all. Nowadays, yeah, you know, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all those things. It doesn't matter if you have a million followers. That one million followers is not going to see that post, even if they follow you. They're basing everything on engagement and what people mm -hmm. are are engaging with. So even if somebody follows you and they haven't engaged in your in your profile or in your pictures or in whatever you put out, if they haven't engaged into it, they're not going to be showing it. It's not going to be in their priority list, uh, in their feed. So even if you have 10,000, 20,000 or whatever amount of people that you may have, if you're not putting out continuously, like continue continuous content, they don't engage with them because they're not engaging with it. Instagram, Facebook, and all those platforms are saying they're not interested in your stuff. Yeah. So they won't show it to them. So I have to, you have to maintain the rhythm of putting stuff out so that people can engage, people can discover it. Even the same people that follow you, and it's crazy. In order for when you do put out that that single, when you do put out, you know, your project, people can actually it, it, it's it's there for them to see it. Because if right. not, you're gonna miss out. You're gonna miss out on your on the own. On, uh, you're gonna miss out even on the people that do follow you to actually see and engage your content. It's crazy. Before it wasn't like that, um, mm -hmm. but they have changed the algorithm so much, and and that's the reason why. Like I try to stay ahead. I try to have some projects on deck just to kind of be fillers, mm -hmm. you know, or remakes. So what I did was I was getting a little bit of traction with Brazil on my on my Spotify. I saw a lot of people from Brazil was listening to my music. So I went ahead and reached out to Brazilian artists. And what I did was like, yo, this is the, the live instrument. Jump on it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you like it, he jumped on it. I released it. I kept my old verse because I didn't even have the time to re-record a new verse. Kept my right. old verse. I put it out there. It did pretty good. Um, you know, my my Spotify monthly listeners went up for like like went up like a thousand more listeners after mm -hmm. that. So th there's 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 increments, small increments, and now I'm gonna put out the EP. So I'm pasting myself because the right. the EP is kind of behind. So now I'm gonna release this this song this month that I was supposed to release in December. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I released a live instrument, which is about to go for like it's probably like four or five weeks now. Okay, since I released it, so that's that's longer than what I would like in order to put something else out. 
but because I'm putting out the EP, I'm comfortable with that. Because once I put out this this single, I'm going to announce the EP. And, you know, I'm going to be putting out promotional materials for the EP. So the, when it does come out, you know, um, I can have the engagement that, that, I'm, that I'm looking for. We got to do some, uh, when, the, when the time comes, we got to do like some multi-cam like interview stuff, man. We got to like line up schedules and get like two, three cams on you. And you talk about the album uh, and do like a whole, like the whole album feature. And you explain the inspiration and the process and start cutting angles and stuff. We got to do that, man. Yeah, man, I'm I'm definitely down for that. That's something that I, I actually wanted to do. It's in the list of, of content that I want to create. Because uh, I really want to talk like about the, it. The music, videos, the music videos are, are time consuming like crazy. Um, but yeah. for sure, the marketing content where it's like, okay, so this is what this song meant to me and this was my process and stuff like that. That's easy. We can knock that out fast, man. We got to get together, light that up nice and do that. And it's, yeah, it's always about it being consistent with the content. It's like you said from the very beginning. You're talking about one video is not enough. One song is not going to be enough. One piece of art is not going to be enough. One Anything is not going to be enough. If you want to get better and if you want to sell something, there has to be consistency. But yeah. real quick, I, I want to nerd out with you for like five minutes and I'm going to let you go. What, can, what camera yeah, are you looking forward to? What camera are you looking forward to? What, what's exciting now? Man, camera? man I, I think... The Sony A7S three is crazy right now. Um, so I you would go, crazy. you would go to that from the Black Magic? No, no, oh, no, okay. no, no. What no. I'm saying is, it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting to me what they're doing. Okay. You know, right now I'm waiting for Black Magic to to because Black Magic is is tighter than Apple when it comes to their releases. There's mm. like no, there's like no, no uh, rumors. There are no leaks. No leaks. Yeah, yeah. No nothing. You know, but I'm excited just to see what, you know, I'm excited with the Komodo that, that you know, the Komodo came out. Yeah. I'm excited. The the Sony that came out, you know, now Canon came out with a crazy camera um, hybrid, you know, when it comes to like cinema and also photography. And they did a good job combining mm-hmm. them both. Mm-hmm. Um, the out of focus game is going is is crazy for small, small teams like ours. You know, mm-hmm. where we don't have a lot of people to do follow focus and pulling focus and all that stuff, which is a higher budget because we need to get the wireless follow focus. We need to get a whole bunch of more equipment. You need um, another person. That's the thing. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, it's like, I, yeah, I can yeah. go by to tilt the nucleus. I can't go <laughs> yeah. get another person to be standing with me. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So when it comes to the technology, bro, I'm super excited. I mean, when it comes to me um, having the Pocket 6K, I still feel um, I, I could still push that camera. Mm-hmm. I can still get great quality out of it. I don't feel like I have the need to change it right now. Um, but I'm waiting for that 16 soft of dynamic range, 16-bit color space for less than $10,000. <laughs> that's what I'm waiting for. That's what, that's what I'm waiting for, He's going to be waiting a while. He's going to be waiting a while. Bro. <laughs> hey, bro. I mean, you have Blackmagic. Put your 12k at five five grand. Nah, this is true. This is true. I so, wish it was smaller. They they need to work on something smaller. Do do bro, something I, with I, those I, like, smaller. I like I I do like that form factor though, bro. Like that doesn't have the well. This one has the battery, but it's basically the same the same size. But bro, the just like handheld. Look how steady that is. Yeah. Handheld because of the weight. So weight is not bad. You know, because it's like I can make this look like almost like a gimbal mm. because it's so heavy with the movements. Yeah. You know, but okay. I do get it. I do get it when it comes to uh, putting it on a gimbal. You would need a bigger gimbal. You would probably need a, a, a easy rig, you know, so it won't, you know, yeah, strain so much. I got a, a, a Zayun, June, however you pronounce that, Crane yeah. 3S. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. built to handle like 14 pounds, I think, if, if I remember right. And it balances yeah. the Komodo fine. I, I put the red Komodo on there, two batteries. I had a monitor on a, on a magic arm coming off the side of the gimbal. It's just crazy heavy. And for the first time, I'm like, I might have to get a vest and one of those arms that come out the side. Um, they got one called like the Thanos X or something like that. Yeah. It's like a, a, the yeah. arm that comes out. It's like $2,000. And I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a lot to rig up. But if it means me doing my job more efficiently and being able to do those shoots for longer, then it is what it is. I'm just going to look like a robot at the shoots. It don't matter. Like, if some of it looks yeah, cool. Man. It's just, you know, oh, yeah. it's funny. Back to the budgets, it's just 
it's more of a thing where me were like a, a sense of like embarrassment. It's like if I know a video isn't that serious, like you're exaggerating now, you're bringing out the whole vest and stuff like that. But it's like, like but if, for this particular rig I got, I'm gonna need these things, even if it is a quick video that's maybe smaller budget. I got a heavy camera. Yeah, now. I got it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it, and, it's it, it does it does a world of difference. And when, and when you're shooting science. like, bro, I mean the 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 red color science is. It's nice. I like. I it. never, I never saw skin look like that, especially coming from Panasonic, which I tell people still to this day, if you have a small budget, go get a GH5. Even right now, go get a GH5. Yeah. That is, that is the camera you need to start with. You you are going to get yeah. great image. People complain about the low light. Yeah, the low light's not awesome, but you know what? It, sometimes people expect these cameras to do magic. Like us. At the end of the day, in a cave. At the end of the day, one of the things that I've learned is that if you're really doing cinema. You need lights. You need external oh, yeah. lighting. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how great your camera is. Like, there's no way like you're gonna get nice cinematic image without lighting. You know. Uh, so people that that's the thing. I think there's a big difference with videographers and cinematographers, and I feel like the terms have been confused a lot. You know, people see you with a camera, and they think you're a videographer. You know, and videographers are just people that capture moments. It doesn't matter if like they. Like right now, just capture this moment. Boom! A cinematographer is gonna, a cinematographer is gonna tell a story with his image. You know, he's gonna light it up. He's gonna make a mood uh, mm -hmm. with the image. He's gonna, he's gonna try to, you know, work with colors. You know, what's the color scheme that we're gonna go for? You know, are you sad? Let's let's do the lighting this 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 type. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a big difference. So when it comes to like videography, if you if all you're doing is just videos. And capturing moments like parties and stuff like that, yeah. By all means, you know, get something that that, you know. But if you're really going for that cinematic um, style, then you're gonna need lighting. You're gonna need something that records raw, uh, something that you could push and mess with the colors. You know, so light lights to me reminds you of in the audio world where, when I started audio, the idea was let me get the most expensive microphone and the best software. When I got more mature and understanding of the way things work, it's like, no, go grab the microphone, a modest microphone. You need to dump your budget into treating your room. You need to get yeah. the sound in your room to sound right. And light to me is the same way in videography and cinematography and photography. All of it is, is you can get your iPhone. If you invest yeah. in some great lights and you know how to light a person and shape that light and set the mood, it's going to look amazing. And people... And it's been proven over and over and over when people are doing camera shootouts and tell me which one was the black magic and tell me which one was the iPhone 10 pro. Yeah. If you light it right, it's hard to tell the difference. It's very hard. The only time I've been able to tell the difference for real, like to me night and day, and it's because I've, I've kind of trained my eye for it now is when something is shot on a DSLR versus like a cinema camera where it has that digital film look versus that, that's that, that too sharp of an image that you get from like a DSLR yeah. or mirrorless. It, it looks you can yeah. tell when you see it, if you've done it long enough, that that looks like digitally sharpened. It doesn't look natural. And then you go to like the yeah. red and you know, it's funny to, to like the untrained eye that doesn't understand it. You can see a red and be like, yo, that's not as sharp. And it's like, it's not that it's not as sharp. The color, it looks what your eye sees. You're so used to seeing an image cranked to hundred percent sharpness that when you see something that yeah. looks natural, it's kind of shocking at first. But I love the yeah. fact that skin looks like skin. It looks like the first time I saw like myself on the red camera, I was like, wow, like that, that looks the way my eye sees it. It doesn't look like it has yeah. a blood on it. It doesn't look like a, a I, I, the way I see it. And this is from, you know, difference between 8, 10 and 12 bit color and all that. It's like, I see it like if you took a, a five pack crayon box or whatever, like it only has 10 crayons or whatever in the 10 pack. And then you go to like a 32 pack, all those shades of color, those variations and the roll. Yeah, man. It's like, for the first time, we 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 did like a, our own internal testing with a GH5 and, and the red Komodo side by side, and highlights on the GH5 it would be like just a a, a white color. It would make my skin white, but then on the Komodo, you see that I'm lit, but my skin doesn't look white. My my actual skin tone just look a little brighter, and then it gets softer as it goes into the shadows. Versus anytime you put like a, a DSLR or mirrorless, that color is just boom, bright white light. Even if it's a great, we got the aperture lights yeah. and they're, not, they're very nice. And we used to love our image and I still do. But when I compare it, I'm like, man, like that looks so, it looks artificially lit. It looks fine. Most people don't know. But when you do it day to day, it's like, nah, I want something that 
we lit it. We know it's lit, but the viewer doesn't know that that's a light that's sitting right there yeah. next. They don't know. They just see a, a mm-hmm. person that's easy to see in the in the scene. So yeah, that's, that's I'm excited to learn more about this camera. I don't I don't know anywhere near enough. We we got some of these cameras and we got to practice way more. It's weird going from a GH5 that for real looks like a drone when you got a handheld. It's got internal stabilization and then with a lens with a lens stabilization. It's great handheld shots. And then you go to something with no stabilization at all. And seeing that, you know, that jitters and stuff, it's like, eh, to get used to that. So it changes the way you hold it, the way you move. Yeah. Yeah. You're not walking around the room with them like we used to. Um, No, you got to be a ninja. You got to be a ninja. Yeah, not super ninja. Super. We we were being ninjas with the gimbals, too. Like, that's something we always laugh at people with gimbals. It's like, yo, you got to walk. Just because you got a gimbal doesn't mean you walk like a dummy. You don't just. Yeah. There's still a walk to it and a smoothness. Um, Oh, yeah. But it, it's exciting. I could talk to you forever about this stuff. We gotta, we gotta work on like a little project or something. Do something quick and, and easy, and then get creative together. I'm, I'm glad yeah, we get to. Sure. I'm glad that life brought us full circle, man. We, we did a lot of work together in the beginning. You know, we life took us different ways, and then we come back, man. And it's, it's yeah, it's great. It's funny. It don't to me. It doesn't feel any different. It feels like the old days, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy to, you know, to be around you, and I'm happy to get some of your knowledge man. and. And get some, you know, because you you've gotten further in a lot of ways and a lot of different things. And I like being able to, you know, avoid some of the headaches. You know, there's stuff, a lot of stuff I'm going to learn from you. So I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, too, brother. You appreciate yeah. Me. yeah, man. Until next time, man, we thank work you. it out. Nah, man, thank, thank you. Line, thank- man. We got to do it again. Yeah, man. And thank <laughs> you for the invite, man. Thank you for the invite. I enjoyed it. I hope it's not the last time. It won't be, um, man. <laughs> <laughs>